Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcasting Network. You can find them at pigskinpodnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. Matt is here with me. We are going to recap the doubleheader Monday night, which still feels weird saying that after week two games. We had two games on Monday night, and then we are going to preview the Thursday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Matt, what is going on on this magnificent Wednesday? Hey, you know, we had uh, a nice drop in temperature. It was almost 90 degrees yesterday. It's 65 today and a little bit of rain. Definitely feels like fall, um, which is good because I feel like I spend all of August just bait, waiting on bated breath for the NFL. And we're uh, two weeks in and it feels like it's been six months. You know what? It really has. That game last week, or I should specify, the last minute and 44 of the game last week aged me like 10 years. I, was, I like how Nick Chubb tried to take responsibility for losing his team in the game because he scored a touchdown to put a team up 13 points against a team that had no timeouts and less than two minutes left. I'm sorry, Nick. You're an ultimate team player. That ain't on you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, Sir Nicholas Chubb, if you ever listen to this, I want you to understand you are the best running back in the NFL by far. You're amazing to watch. You're a fan favorite. And the fans who said it was your fault are fucking stupid. Sorry for cussing. It is not your fault. It is 100% on Kevin Stefanski, Joe Woods, and that defense. 
if it makes you feel better when we got to uh, Denver's recap on Monday, I, I let one fly too. Did you have it's fr- Listen, guys. I, I mean, look. at least you didn't have your team having to have the hometown fans counting down the play clock, which was both endearing and terrifying. Yeah. It, look, look, dad's out there. Got a kid on the way. Do him a favor. Do not have root for the Browns or the Broncos. Pick somebody better because it sucks. It's bad out in these streets. You know why? Just Cowboys, because then they'll know consistently they will be let down every year. No, I mean you could pretty much say the same thing about the Browns too. Thirty years of it. Thirty years of disappointment. I'm used to it by now. All right. Anyways, let's talk about team a team that was not disappointing and has not been so far this season. The Buffalo Bills, who beat the Tennessee Titans forty-one to seven. Matt, is it time for Titan fans to panic? Because if they have not been listening to our show, I feel like we were telling them to panic early. Are they hitting the panic buttons now? I mean, the week one loss to the Giants was not a great look. They were never really in this game. I know technically it was 7-7 at one point in time. but They were getting waxed up and down the field. They were getting dominated on defense. Ryan Tannehill looked real bad. Um, you know, they probably have some line issues. We had wondered, you know, the Derrick Henry we saw at the end of last year, was that coming back off an injury or was that starting to be a worrying sign? He wasn't spectacular week one. He was not very good against Buffalo. You know, 13 carries, 25 yards. He gets it, falls into the end zone. So you get, you know, those touchdown points, but he's never been a pass catcher. You need him to be pounding the rock. They put Malik Willis in. I know a lot of people are like, oh, the Willis era is beginning. No, they had given up on that game. Um, I think the worrying signs have been there for a little bit about this defense. Two years ago, that defense was abysmal, and the offense was just good enough to carry him in. Last year, it felt like at times they made some progress, and people like to say Tennessee played to the level of their competition. So maybe you're going to lose that game against the Giants because they're playing down to the Giants. They did not play to the level of their competition. I don't know if they're capable of playing to the level of their competition right now. They don't look like they have a lot of dynamic pop with their weapons. They don't look like they have a great running game. Their defense is mostly a rumor. I mean, they let Saquon Barkley decimate them the week prior, and they just let Josh Allen and the passing game destroy them. So what do they do well? I mean, that's if I was a Titan fan, that's where I'd get to be worrying. And I was looking at their their week three game. They're back home. They're facing the Raiders. And the Raiders may have catastrophically blown a game on Sunday, but their offense and their defense has looked much more in sync and cohesive at times. That is going to be a tale of two 0-2 desperation teams. And if Tennessee can't win there, and I don't think they do, you know, where do they go? And do we see more Malik Willis? Yeah, so let we'll we'll play the Malik Willis game here in a minute. I want to stick with Derrick Henry because I I I faded him like every year, and he's proven me wrong. This year, we didn't necessarily have him high in our rankings. We didn't. I, I'm pretty sure we all had him in our top 12. We didn't have him below that, but we did not. We were not super high on him. Now, the Raiders, you mentioned good defense, but they gave up some yards to Chase Edmonds in Week One. Last week, they didn't give a whole lot up, but I, Connor got hurt, so I, I don't want to read too much into that. I think that's the game, though that that we've got to see something from Henry because then they get the Colts, and granted, the Colts are. Oh, one and one, but for the most part, have been very good against the run outside of the James Rob- outside of James Robinson. 
the commanders are decent against the run. Then they get the Colts again before the Texans, which he should be able to put up points, but then the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Bengals, the Eagles. Like, it's getting late early for Derrick Henry. I, and it, the, the bad part about him is, is I think he's very much in that Zeke territory where at this point you're really not going to be able to move him for anything. Like, he's one of those guys who's just going to have to ride it out on your roster. So I am very worried about Derrick Henry. On to the Malik Willis side of things. You just mentioned that we'll give their next couple games. Raiders, which I think they could lose. I think the Raiders are a better team. You mentioned it. Catastrophic failure in that game. They should have beat the Cardinals. So, I mean, if they lose that game, you're now 0-3. Colts, I think, are a better team, but they're not playing well this year. That's going to be the set. That you know, that could be two yeah. winless teams because the Colts have the Chiefs this week, and I think oh, zero, yeah, zero percent chance. So, I think it's 0-2-1 against 0-3. So, I mean, you're looking at, what, if they lose that game, too, it's got to be by the Colts, by the Commanders, or the the, the next Colts game that we see Malik Willis. And I don't think they're going to keep running Ryan Tannehill out there. And what was interesting, too, I, and I don't remember if you remember this, when we did the Titans preview, we had some some fans in the chat talking about it, because I brought up, I thought Mike Vrabel could be fired. I oh, I think so, too. He has the best odds to be the first coach fired, which I did not know that at the time. But we had people in the chat saying, nah, he just resigned. He's not going anywhere. There's a realistic shot that by the end of this season, Vrabel, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill are all gone. And we're looking at a completely new Titans team next year. Yeah, because, you know, I think Vrabel, I'll be honest, the – Colts Titans matchups twice in the next four weeks is going to be fascinating on Monday show. I mentioned that I I firmly believe Frank Reich needs to be on the hot seat because every year they've changed quarterbacks, seemingly blaming quarterbacks for their problems. And it's not only their problems. I think both the Colts and the Titans could be looking at a time where they're flipping over. And you know what we've seen from Jacksonville, I was more skeptical than anyone. I think they're, we're tracking toward a decent possibility that you have like an eight or nine win Jaguar team that is the playoff representative <laughs> from the South. That is crazy. Well, I mean, or I actually think the Texans might be better than either of these. Like if they, you're looking at the Titans, yeah. Raiders, Colts, Commanders, Colts, Texans, maybe they split with the Colts, but I'm not confident they win any of those. And then you're right. Chiefs, Broncos, Packers, Bengals, Eagles, and then yeah, you start getting into your Jaguars, Chargers, Texans, Cowboys, Jaguars. We we were criticized for being too low on the Titans when I had them at seven and ten. Yeah, I might have been amazingly too bullish. I think I only had them with three wins, and I thought I mm. and I thought I was going to be wrong. It's, it's been a shocking division all the way around. The Jaguars look much better than I expected. Yeah. I think the Texans. I think the Texans look who, like the best team in the division, which is is uh, insane to say. Like that defense has played good two weeks in a row. Like, granted, I, I don't think the Broncos have hit their stride yet, but they looked good against Denver. And then who did they play in uh, Week One? Was it Denver? No, they played the Colts. And they looked good in that game too. Like they blew that game. They should have won yeah, that game against won the Colts. That game. So like it's, I feel like it's insane to say, but I'm like, man, they've looked good two weeks in a row. Let's take a second here. If you're a Texans fan and you're watching this team, like I think we thought all the way going into this year, you 
you shouldn't be trying to win. I like, I know Atlanta, their coach uh, is like, Hey, we're trying to win games. Like, yeah, yeah. but are you? And should yeah. you Houston would have been another team. I like that. I don't think they're trying to win. They, they want to get that quarterback. I sort of like Davis mills and I've seen your comments about the 2023 quarterback class. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sort of now going the other way. Like, should the Texans actually be trying to gun for like an eight or nine win season and potentially make the playoffs? Why not? I mean, the Browns are going to get you a top five pick. So you're going to have one at least in there. So, I, I mean, we'll talk about them later, but that's just an embarrassment. And I think that's not going to go away. It's going to continue. So I think you have to, though, because while I'm with you, like, I don't, I don't know that I think Davis Mills is the franchise quarterback, but he has not been horrible. That defense has been much better than I thought it was going to be. That team in general looks good. Why would you not go for it? Because there's no guarantee, even if you say you do fail, right? Say you say you, nobody's actually going to tank. The players don't want to take the coaching staff. Lovey Smith doesn't want to tank because he doesn't want to lose his job. But let's just say that they do lose and you end up with like a top three pick, there's no guarantee that you even get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. No guarantee that one of those players pans out to be a franchise-changing player. We've seen that with these first-round picks, so why not go for it? And what happens if you do make a deep run in the playoffs? I mean, I think it's crazy to say right now that the Texans could win the Super Bowl, but a lot of people said about those horrible Giants teams, and they end up going on and and they beat the best offense we've probably seen in the NFL that I can remember. And the undefeated Tom, Tom, I was going to call him the undefeated Tom Brady. He's the undefeated New England Patriots with Tom Brady and Randy Moss. So, like, crazier things have happened. But I, I do agree with you. Like, not even a month ago, two weeks ago, if the three of us, you, me, and Dennis were sitting here and being like, the Jags or the Texans are going to win this division, we all would have put the money on neither. And yeah. I feel like the better shot one of those guys wins it than the Colts or the Titans, which all of us were out on the Titans. I think it's more when we really look at that too, the Colts has just been shockingly bad, but I'm with you on Frank, Reich. Don't want to get to a Colts conversation here, but I think there could be some major shakeups here in, in the AFC South. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of my favorite sports podcasts using Raycon's wireless three Airbuds. Raycon's everyday Airbuds look, feel and sound better, better than ever. Actually with optimized gel tips and a perfect in ear fit, These earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge whenever you're moving around. Trust me, I work on a job that requires me to move 24-7. They're never falling out of my ear, which I appreciate. Not only that, but Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycons are priced just right to get the quality audio at half the price. Other premium audio brands charge you a lot. And no, it's no wonder why Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. My favorite things about them, the earbud tap function. When I'm sitting there talking to somebody and didn't realize that my podcast is still going, I can quickly just tap the button to stop what I'm doing. Noise isolation as well is incredible for me. I get to some loud environments sometimes and I'm able to actually just listen and hear just what I want to, which is my sports stuff. They're telling me what I need to know to continue moving about my day. I use them all the time, whether I'm working out, working, or honestly just sitting at home and listening to sports podcasts, sometimes some music to get in the mood. I'm not going to lie to you guys, a little bit of Harry Styles, it's not the same as it was. It gets me going. I love that kind of music. It puts me in a working kind of atmosphere at home when I'm working on everything for the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPP. 
SGPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com slash TPPN. Some of the best headphones that I have used. You go get them today. They're worth it, guys. Go get them. Moving on to a actually good team. Like, I still think, I know we talked a lot about it, the fact that Buffalo was not afraid to play their starters a lot during the preseason has really led to them just absolutely cooking right now. But it does seem like the run game is a little bit stale. What do you make of the Buffalo Bills running backs? Yeah, and those those who didn't watch the game who just uh, surf along um, box scores are probably looking James Cook, 11 carries, 53 yards. He's obviously everything we thought he was going to be and more. He's the guy. James Cook, can't, they gave him carries when the game was well out of hand, and even so, most of his damage came on that 33-yard run. So he basically had 10 carries for 20 yards. I, going in, thought it was going to be a big Devin Singletary game. You're talking about a defense that gave up 182 yards to Saquon Barkley the week before, and I know Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley, but Devin Singletary has been pretty good. Only six carries there. He got two uh, passes, three targets two yards was not heavily involved. It seems like all of these weeks they're rotating all three of these backs. And as a pleasant surprise for fantasy owners, they rotated in Reggie Gilliam this week as well in a goal line situation where he caught uh, a, the touchdown pass, the first touchdown pass, you know, I, Dennis and I were on the air and he's like, Gilliam scored. And I was like, I think you just made that up unless you're looking for one of the Monty Python guys. Uh, but apparently real player that is on their roster. So I'm, I, you know, I think if you're worried, if you're looking at the long-term health of Josh Allen, it's heartening that he didn't carry a whole bunch of times. They don't really seem to be any more invested in the running game than they were last year, possibly less invested in the running game. I think that means none of them are really a good play unless you're just throwing a YOLO flex play. Yeah, I mean, regardless of the not necessarily running a lot, Josh Allen still put up a ton of fancy points. Like, dude, it's just absolutely Well, we want him back there slinging the ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Case I would have had more rushing attempts than Josh. Yeah, I, I much prefer it that way. Just for not just for his health, but like longevity too. Like I'd love to be able to see Josh Allen playing for like another 10, 12, 15 years. I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm very excited to see what this team looks like. They get Miami this week, right? So that's going to yeah, be that's the game of the week. Fun game. Far. Hopefully Gabriel Davis will be back. Not that they really missed him with his the way that Stefan Diggs went nuclear. But I still think adding a guy like Gabe Davis to that offense just makes it even more explosive. Like I said, I'm with you. I haven't looked at any of the other games. I know what game's coming up tomorrow because I'm invested in that. Outside of that, I know Miami and Bill, Buffalo is playing is probably the game of the week. The other Monday night football game, which I got to ask, did you like the duel? I've heard a lot of people complaining about the game, both games being on at the same time. Do you have an issue with that? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I like the idea of doing a double header. Um, I liked the idea that I wasn't up till midnight. Although, uh, if you would have tuned out at halftime of the Philly game, you literally would not have missed anything, uh, except for Kirk Cousins' meltdown. Um, it was a little weird. They were only an hour apart, Wait, and because Kirk, of Kirk Cousins melting down in prime time, no, uh, no way. Yeah. Uh, because of the you know weird flow in Buffalo and that injury, which by the way, I, I'm so happy. Dane Jackson, if you didn't see the reports, 
no neck, no spine injuries. They actually let him out of the hospital doing some further. If you watch that in real time, I, I thought we watched a man get yeah. murdered. I that is the greatest, um, you know, that is the greatest thing. But it was weird having them both. You'd have something up in the top corner. I feel like what they did too was to have a throwback to when Monday Night Football was on ABC. Because if you, I, I'm sure it was the same in your market. Most markets, ABC was actually the one that carried uh, Vikings Eagles, and ESPN yeah. carried the other one. I like the double header. I actually kind of like the double header on week one. That's what we've been used to. It was weird to have it be week two and it was weird to have these confluence games especially since the matchups ended up featuring some of the most interesting teams yeah see i i've heard a lot of people talking about that i guess maybe it's because i'm so used to if anybody follows me on twitter you've seen my setup for college games i have two tvs up and then i have like four games going on my computer so like i'm constantly moving back and forth between games. Like it didn't bother me as much. And I'll be, I did not watch all of both games either. Uh, I was trying to find some relaxation time, but I did watch a little bit of both of them, but I'm with you. I like the double headers. I do kind of like it when they are separated out though. And I, I wish they would start Monday night football games earlier than they do to begin with. Cause I hate as well as you being up to like 11 o'clock at night. Cause some of us, I know we're in the minority. Some of us do have to get up at like two, three o'clock in the morning. It would be nice to be able to get at least four hours of sleep. Some of us do have jobs guys. Yeah. Unfortunately, but the Philadelphia Eagles do beat the Minnesota Vikings 24 to seven. It was a good defense for Minnesota two weeks in a row. But as you mentioned, the primetime Kirk Cousins came out and he struggled. Are we worried about that at all for him? I mean, Justin Jefferson kind of took a step back to earth. I mean, we're it's just kind of is what it is. Right? We've seen this for Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins, uh, this happens from Minnesota. I think it actually says more about that Philly defense. Um, and to me, it actually says a little bit more about the Detroit Lions I don't know about you, but the Lions and the Vikings, who play each other this week, both played the Eagles the first two weeks. And we saw Detroit and Goff struggle a little bit to figure out that Eagles defense in week one. But they actually came roaring back and put up quite a few points and made that second half surge. Kirk and the Vikings couldn't figure it out. It was a weird game flow. Only six carries for Dalvin Cook. Only gets 17 yards. Neither team scored in the second half. Um, Cousins looked like he was trying to force the ball to Jefferson a lot, which I don't know. You and I both had some high hopes for K.J. Osborne. He's basically not existed the first two weeks. Irv Smith got into it a little bit. Uh, Adam Thielen got seven targets, caught four for 52. It was kind of a a ho-hum game uh, in that sense. They didn't get the running game going very, very good. Their defense picked it up quite a bit in the second half, but Kirk just didn't doesn't look quite comfortable and um, it was a real shift. And now, you know, they come home against the lions team that has put up do quick math, 71 points in two games. I, you know, Minnesota is a team that I think we was trendy for us to think they were going to be in the playoffs. Maybe Mike Zimmer was a problem, but maybe he wasn't their only problem. Yeah. I mean, I'm really bummed about KJ Osborne on a couple of the redraft leagues. I, I made sure to grab him because I really thought he was going to be good. That has not worked out. 
But you mentioned Irv Smith. I mean, we weren't really sure what to do with him coming back from the injury. I mean, would have had a much better day for fantasy if he doesn't drop a 50-plus yard touchdown pass. Are we believing in Irv Smith now a little bit at tight end? We've been uh, waiting for him to make that emergence. I don't know if believing. So week one, he had two targets and no receptions. Didn't seem like he was a factor in the offense at all. Eight targets. Is it because Kirk Cousins, every time he looked to the outside, got beaten down by Darius Slay? Maybe. Um, you know, he had eight targets. He got five for 36 and a touchdown. That's good. But I meant the point with some of these players, and Irv Smith is one of them, that consistency matters. Uh, and so would you be matters. willing to – Right. Would you be willing to, I mean, waivers have already gone, obviously, most people. And if you're sitting on your waiver wire right now and you have someone, we'll use K.J. Osborne, who's been really disappointing through two weeks. Would you, if you feel like you need a tight end, if you if you bet on a Kittle, if you bet on a, a David Njoku, who we thought was going to be good, who's done nothing through two weeks, would you be willing to drop a K.J. Osborne to stash Irv Smith for another week or so to see if he breaks out or just kind of letting it go? You know, if I had space, it's tough because in Dynasty, he's probably rostered everywhere. In Redraft, I'm kind of with Dennis. I don't love stockpiling tight ends on the off chance one of them hits. You know, if you're in like a 14 or 16 team league, maybe you're playing that rotating tight ends. If you're streaming tight ends, maybe you look based on the, the matchup. But I don't think tight ends have actually done spectacularly well against Detroit the last couple of weeks. We didn't see much from Logan Thomas. Dallas Goddard had a very quiet week one. So I'm not sure it's a great matchup. You know, are they going to go back to the, you know, we've seen kind of a wide receiver one dominate. And I feel like that's what the Vikings wanted to do. They just couldn't. Justin Jefferson couldn't best his coverage or Kirk Cousins couldn't get Justin Jefferson the ball around that coverage because Jefferson still got 12 targets, only caught six for 48. A lot of the interceptions ended up going, you know, right in that wheelhouse. And I think that's why he started putting it to Smith. For the Eagles side here, I mean, Jalen Hurts looked good for that first half. I don't think they needed to really try in the second half, which is probably why they didn't. AJ Brown, a little bit of a down game. I think he is going to be perfectly fine. But, you know, we talked about it. I, I had the Eagles winning the division. But let's go a little bit further than that. Are they Super Bowl contenders with Hurts at quarterback? You know, I think they are given the NFC. We've seen, you know, Tampa Bay has a very strong defense. The Rams obviously have some issues that they're working through. We've seen they had an ugly loss week one. And while they won, they didn't look incredible, uh, we'll say, in week two. And aside from that, you know, Dallas is dealing with injuries in their own division, so Philly seems pretty pretty set there in the north. I like what Detroit's doing, but who knows? Minnesota, we just talked about some of their issues. Green Bay still has some stuff coming up. So I think the NFC is a little more wide open. They built a good team on both sides of the ball. I think it was a fine game for Brown. He still led the team in targets, had eight, caught five for 69. They just didn't need him to – to get up. Um, it was very encouraging probably to see Devonta Smith get involved, got seven targets, was able to snag them all, got Goddard involved, six targets got. So those three guys look like they're kind of forming the nucleus, still a good game for Miles Sanders. He got 17 carries, which was, you know, leaps and bounds over the other running backs. He's now suffering the same issue that all 
guys do when they play with running quarterbacks. He got three receptions for six yards, but Jalen Hurts, 57 rush yards and got the two rushing touchdowns. It's a little concerning to me. They took their foot, it seemed like they took their foot off the gas in the second half, putting up no points. Um, it's going to be a very fascinating game for them. 2 0 Eagles heading to Washington to play their old quarterback, Carson Wentz. Wentz has been really hot. Washington has a very good passing group, much better group than we thought. Curtis Samuel looks like what I thought he could be when he came over. Jahan Dotson looks like a good fit. They're getting them involved. They're getting Terry involved. I'm guessing Carson Wentz is going to be motivated. We saw in week one that that revenge narrative isn't always a guarantee of anything. But I'm, you know, Wentz is basically going up against the quarterback that they chose over him. Um, So I I think that's going to be a good test. But as long as Philly wins the games they should, I think they have a chance to win the 50-50 games. Like going into this game, I thought they'd win, but I thought it'd be more of a 50-50 game. I was impressed with the way they they dispatched of the Vikings. Yeah, man, they're they're a good team. And it just makes me feel better. I'm saying for over a year now, I think Hurts is going to be their franchise quarterback. I I don't see any way they move on from him now unless he just – completely tanks the second half of the season. Like, I get he's not ever going to be Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady passing the ball, but he's better than I think a lot of people give him credit for. And what he does with his legs is just – it's it's interesting. He, he wins games. Like, that's what he's been doing since really outside of his rookie season where he played three games. He's been winning games for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let's talk about this wonderful Thursday night football game. Uh the Steelers head to Cleveland, right? They're going to Cleveland. It's in it's in the dog no. pound. Yeah, no? the Steelers head to Cleveland. Okay, Sorry. I was gonna say it's Steelers. not a catch up no. field, or it's not catch up field anymore. They changed their name, right? No, and it's an unpronounceable field now, so we're not even gonna try. Okay, perfect. Some crappy place where they wave yellow towels. Now, so it is in Cleveland. Steelers have no new injuries. Watt obviously likely still out. While the fans are calling for Kenny Pickett, looks like Mitch Trubisky will still be starting this game. For the Browns, Harrison Bryant, Joel, Joe Bitonio, Jack Conklin, and Miles Garrett are all questionable, and Jadavion Clowney has been ruled out. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Steelers offense has struggled. Can they get it going Thursday against a good Browns defense? Yeah, and that's the real question. I I fully expect we're going to see Mitch today it was interesting though you know fans calling for Kenny Pickett last week Uh, the offense hasn't looked good they they won that game against Cincinnati because Cincinnati imploded and they got a lot of turnovers 
um, it kind of went going. But Dennis and I talked about this a little bit on Monday. It's trendy to want to blame Mitch Trubisky, but if you're actually watching Pittsburgh play, they, the root cause of their problem has been the root cause of their problem for a couple of years, and that's that line. Because we know Najee Harris is a talent. He can't find no space to run. I don't know that that greatly improves. They would luck out if Miles Garrett is out because then Clowney and Garrett are both out. But Cleveland has generally had a pretty decent rush defense. They did a pretty good job holding the Jets' rush offense in place in week one. They really stifled Christian McCaffrey in week one. He only had 10 carries for 33 yards, and we think he's a pretty special talent. So I think that's that's a real concern. And then that impacts the time that Mitch has. You know, Cleveland has a decent pass rush. They're going to be on the road. The What Tomlin called out is they don't have enough splash plays, and I think that's a combination of not having the, the line not gelling together as an offense, and that's not a, a lack of preseason snaps because nobody played more time in the preseason than the Steelers played their starters going through. I think there's, there's been some questions about their offensive coordinator and their offensive uh, game plan. What you would have taken away from that Jets game is you need to be aggressive in going down the field with a plurality of wide receivers. And that's one thing you would say Pittsburgh has options. They have Deontay Johnson. I love what Pat Fryermuth is doing. They have Claypool. They have Pickens. I mean, somebody throw Pickens the ball. So that's I think we need to see the Steelers come out and commit to attacking more because that whole we're going to run it first down, second down, and you know what, we're probably going to run at third down. That's not working. Yeah, it it worries me for Najee. Um, he's not only dealing with the injury, but that offensive line, as you mentioned, has been horrible. And I don't think that's helping him at all. I'll be very curious to see what this wide receiver core can do against the Browns. I thought they had a decent secondary coming in. I felt like Denzel Ward played really good against the Jets, but the rest of the group struggled. It looked like a completely different team than the team that played Carolina, who I thought they actually did a really good job of locking down that team. It was not a high-scoring affair, but none of those wide receivers really went off. I thought Grant Delpit had a, at least one pick, I think, in that, that Panthers game. Like, I mean, Joe Flacco is elite. He is elite. Yeah, just that, that team just looked completely different, and no offense to the Jets' weapons because I do love Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis has been in the league for a long time. Elijah Moore is very good. I don't think that right now I would take that group over what Pittsburgh has in Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, and even Chase Claypool, who can be a dynamic down-the-field threat. So will Mitch Trubisky be able to put the ball down the field will be the interesting thing. I actually think you can't sit Najee for the Steelers because chances are wherever you took him in a redraft league or a dynasty, you don't have better options. I would not expect a big game from him. He's not even getting the dump offs really, which was kind of really what elevated his value last year. I think it's more a Deontay, and as you mentioned, Fryermuth. I still think that's a weakness of the Browns' defense is that linebacking core, and I don't think they'll bring a safety up onto Fryermuth. I think he's going to be the one. He burned them twice last year, so we'll see if Joe Woods can change that at all. But I think Fryer is probably the guy who has a big game tomorrow night for the Steelers and Deontay Johnson. But Deontay Johnson's still been good two weeks in a row. Uh, he's still been getting ball made in. I think it was week one, made that amazing catch on the side that I did not think was a catch. And then they went back and replayed. I'm like, Holy, Holy shit. That, he actually came down with that. Mr. Mr. Stonehands from everybody says he has all these issues with drops, made some pretty spectacular catches. So I think both those guys are in for a good game. Let's see if George Pickens or Chase Claypool can challenge this defense vertically 
and win the way a Garrett Wilson did or a Corey Davis. Well, Corey Davis, I think, was more of a broken coverage, but Garrett Wilson dominated this secondary. I don't even, I mean, they just could not. And outside, if whoever was on Ward was on typically was not doing much, but the other side was just giving up play after play after play. Be very curious to see if the Steelers are able to do that with Mitch Trubisky. What are we expecting from Jacoby Brissett here against a good Steelers defense? He didn't look great in week one against Carolina. Average defense at best. I don't think the Jets defense is much better than Carolina's. And now he's going up against what I would consider probably a top 12 at worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, but they have allowed some decent passing. You know, for as much as Cleveland or as Cincinnati struggled, um, Joe Burrow was able to hit Jamar Chase and make some inroads against that secondary. And we saw last week, I wouldn't call the Patriots pass offense particularly up-tempo, but uh, Nelson Aguilar did quite well. Jacoby Myers had a decent game. Mac Jones looked uh, pretty solid. So Jacoby Brissett has been serviceable. Um, I think a big question is what are they going to get production in the run game? I was encouraged last week by what we saw with Amari Cooper's usage. Um, you know, and I think he is well, a dynamic did player. You, did you hear about why he got the usage in week two? Because they remembered he was on the team. No, well, kind of. So Jacoby Brissett was asked about that. I think it was Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. And what he said in the interview was like, I didn't think he was open. And then I went back and watched the tape and I was like, holy shit, this dude's open on every play. So I made sure to look for him on every play. So that's why they said it with the ball. So why DPJ just completely disappeared. But so that, that brings up, you know, they'll probably rotate some coverage to Cooper and, and that's good. I would still like them to get Njoku involved a little bit more. Um, that would be nice. But I think there is an opportunity. Like I said, we've seen a, the Steelers allow some deep balls behind them. That might be a place DPJ, uh, they uh, Schwartz maybe they don't have. Oh, definitely not Schwartz. Let's not go. An, inc- an incredible <laughs> set of. Well, I don't really think that's David Bell's game. So. And Harrison Bryant being injured is kind of a bummer because I've seen him make some good down the field. As, as much as I want to say, may the Schwartz be with you, he's not doing anything. That's what I was going to ask you, is if you feel like they're going to cover up Amari Cooper, would you be willing to play DPJ in a, in a flex spot this week? Uh, so I'll tell you, I played DPJ in a deep league flex spot last week. Uh, so did I. And so I was I, not sir. robustly pleased. That's where I have my questions about Njoku, I guess, a little bit, because we've seen him uh, in years past get some some deep balls. Is there an opportunity in there? But I, I do think you maybe, you maybe take a chance. It's just so hard. It's hard for me to imagine that the Browns' pass offense is going to have more than one player have a good fantasy game in Week One. It was DPJ, and Week Two was clearly Amari Cooper. It's probably still Amari Cooper. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you. So you're starting Chubb, starting Amari Cooper. I would feel very hesitant to play DPJ, but if you really wanted to take a shot. The one that's the toughest for me is uh, Kareem Hunt because he was all over the place in week one. Dialed back that, I I mean, I guess he still had 13 carries, which is not that many fewer than Chubb, but didn't get any of the touchdowns. And in the passing game, he, you know, feels like he 
was pretty big in week one, but not in week two. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, Hunt for me is just like he's a perfect best ball guy because like week one he had that really good game because he gets the touchdowns. <laughs> Two touchdowns. But last week, yeah. But last week, I mean, Chubb, Chubb was just finding holes everywhere he ran. I mean, it's it's so much fun to watch him play. But it's his fault we lost the game, right? So, anyways, let's not go down that road again because that's stupid. I have to take the Browns. I can't. I picked them to be two and one at this point. I actually thought they'd lose to the Baker, the fighting Baker Mayfields in week one and beat the Jets. Turned out that they beat Baker, couldn't beat Joe Flacco. So must have been the hair game. Hair game's elite, so he's elite. I think just right now they are the better team. I think they are better than Pittsburgh. You've got to win this game. They still think they can be a playoff team. You've got to win as many games as you can, so it's not all on Deshaun Watson the minute he comes back. I'm going to take the Browns to barely beat the Steelers at home in Cleveland. Dennis also took the Browns. He's, he's with you. I'm taking the Steelers. for I just don't think they lose back-to-back games. and There's something about Cleveland that I don't trust. I am. I've got thirty years of, of, of hurt. You know, I was gonna say hurt feelings, just disappointment, and uh, you know, not trusting. They're the reason I have abandonment and trust issues. They abandoned us and went to Baltimore, and they came back, and they've been horrible since. Now, like it, it scares me a little bit too. Like the questionable people, their starting guard and starting tackle. You know, those are. Well, they said everybody's going to play, so we'll see what happens. I saw today that they'll be—they're all available, whatever that means. If you were looking for a robust sign of confidence, that wouldn't be one that gave me a robust sign of confidence. Although their backups might still be better than the line that Pittsburgh is rolling out there. That is very true. Uh, So that'll do it for us today. We will be back on Friday to recap this game between the Browns and the Steelers, and we will preview the entire week three NFL slate. Everybody have yourselves a great day. We will talk to you guys again soon. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the point of Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>